being clear about, you know, what you want and communicating that. And if you communicate your value, right, then they're going to, they'll make it work for you, right? You know, if you're at a company that really wants to hire, you know, high performers, right, they're not going to, and they're confident you can get results. They shouldn't be caring about where you're doing it from. Welcome to the Nomad You. I'm your host, Madison Raleigh, and I'm here to help you step into the life of your dreams of location independence through helpful tips, stories, and interviews with digital nomads from all backgrounds. I successfully became a digital nomad by the age of 22, and now I'm on a mission to help people travel as often and as freely as they want through being a digital nomad coach and travel influencer. If you dreamed of traveling the world full-time, this podcast is absolutely for you. Every episode, it is my goal that you will learn what is accessible and possible for you, even if it may seem out of reach. I hope by listening to this show, you'll be inspired and empowered to step into the life you have only ever dreamed about. Thanks for tuning in, and I hope you enjoy the show. Everyone, I am so excited for today's episode because today I am bringing on a longtime friend and fellow digital nomad, Carlos Diaz, who is joining us from Atlanta, Georgia. Carlos and I connected back in my software sales days over LinkedIn, and much like myself, he's very multi-passionate and has a lot of exposure to multiple industries such as real estate, construction, fashion, and tech. And he achieved location independence about a year and a half ago as well, and has spent a great chunk of that in Italy. So welcome to the podcast, Carlos. Thanks so much for having me. Super excited to be here. Of course. So I just would love to start off with you sharing a little bit about your digital nomad and just working remote journey so far and where it's taking you and a little bit about what you've learned. Yeah. So it's funny, like I I was thinking about like before this podcast, like how digital, I guess when I started digital nomading, I mean, this whole term is like so new, right? Totally. So it's like when I started, it was literally just like, I mean, there was no word for it. It was like, Hey, I'm working remote. So I'm just going to go do what I'm doing at home in another country. Right. And that was the end of it. Totally. (laughs) Yeah. It was kind of like an uncharted territory. It felt like it was kind of, I don't know. I feel like People like, you know, you and me were sort of like, I guess, and others, you know, at the forefront of it or, or like, you know, experimenting when maybe, you know, there, it wasn't as like set in stone or as, as normal. But to answer your question, about like a year and a half ago, I, my first like corporate job was actually in office in tech sales. Then I got another job working for a fashion tech company that was fully remote. And it just so happened that my parents were getting a house in Madrid. So my parents are, are from Madrid. So we had always like grown up going there, but didn't have like our own property. So they they got that. And the the idea was initially like me and my dad were going to go out there and like basically close on the property, like do all the, the mortgage, blah, 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 like all that stuff. Kind of a nightmare, actually. But um, I mean, he was doing it, but I was along for the ride, right? Honestly, the best situation. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we were, we were in Madrid. Uh, we had like an Airbnb for a month. So yeah, I was just, you know, there working and kind of like, you know, we were like outside of Madrid, but I like went down for a weekend, stayed at a hotel. And then I started thinking, I was like, man, like I could do a lot, like, you know, kind of while I'm working during the week and like on the weekend and, and things like that. And, you know, it's, it's easier to, to kind of move around, like after I got settled in for a few weeks. And then I just started looking on at Airbnbs. I had studied or did an internship for a showroom in Milan in 2019, actually right before COVID hit. So kind of coincidental. That was kind of like what sparked me wanting to travel to other countries like outside of Spain. So I found an Airbnb in Rome. This was like COVID prices. So I will say like 2021 was like, I don't know if we'll ever see it at a moment like that, like when their restrictions were still going on. So I found like an Airbnb in Rome right by the Vatican for like I think it was like 900 for, for a whole month. So I was like, you're joking. Damn. Oh my God. I just like sent it. I was like, yeah, like I'm getting this. So showed up in Rome, you know, basically, yeah, worked remotely there. And like, basically we just do like all this touristy stuff a normal person would do during the day. Mm-hmm. And because I, I had the time difference, I would start work around like 3 p.m. 
so I was literally like getting kind of like the best of both worlds. And I was like, you know, at this point I still wasn't thinking like, could this be a long-term thing? I was like, this is just sort of like an experiment, right? I ended up staying another like three weeks in Rome because I liked it so much. So I kind of had to like bounce around Airbnbs. That was like a little bit stressful, but um, I got to like stay in different, different neighborhoods. And then I also went to, because Rome is right in the center of the country. I went to Naples for a weekend trip. I did the Amalfi Coast, Cinque Terre. So I got to see yeah, like some amazing, you know, beaches, you know, just like, you know, traveling on the train there. So then after that, I went to Berlin for like a week with family friends and then Paris and then I came back. Okay, so I guess that's the beginning, right? So there, there's more. Was that what we that, were that, like? That was the catalyst. I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, yeah. but didn't we like just miss each other in Rome? Was that that I, same time or was that? Yeah, like a I think we trip? did. Yeah, I, because it wasn't this time around because I, yeah, I think we, we missed each other. Yeah, that, that time. Back in last November, like a year yeah. ago. Yeah, right, right. Okay. Sorry, I just I was like yeah. thinking about that. I was like, I think we had just missed each other. <laughs> okay, so yeah, you so you were traveling, you had your kind of first digital nomad like trip that was extended, and you really got a taste of what working and traveling looked like for you and just kind of how accessible it was. Did you find that you were more productive? Because that's like one thing I noticed during my travels that like that change of scenery in a way like helped me with work. Yeah. So I think it's been a, an evolution or like, like continual progress. So it was like, uh, I would say at the beginning, I, I, I don't know if I was more productive. I might've just been the same and in some cases less productive, but I don't know if that was necessarily like because I was in another country or if I was just dealing with kind of like the controlled chaos that traveling and working is, at least for me. But uh, yeah, I think I will say like for sure, change of scenery, whether, you know, that is, you know, in another country or just like changing up where you work for creative stuff for sure is like, you know, it, it's definitely a, a plus, like no doubt. And I, and I think if you can get your environment set up, right. To where like, maybe you're, you know, you can get settled in. It's not as chaotic, which again, like that was part of the learning curve, right. At the beginning, it's like, you're in a new country trying to get settled in, like, you know, where do I go to the grocery store? Where do I eat? Blah, blah, blah. But once you have that kind of past you, you kind of like take a deep breath and, and like get settled in your work environment. I definitely think for like creative work, deep work, and like just thinking about like the bigger picture, like trying to think about explain it, but like bigger picture projects about like, if you're thinking about like, what do I really want to do? Or like, what really interests me? Or like, what are like my goals longer term? I feel like that stuff came to me easier once I was by myself in another country, like working remote. So like those big creative questions get answered better, I think. I completely agree with you. Like I've had the exact same experience and you brought up like a really good point of like settling into your space while you're traveling and the importance of that. What would you say are some other best practices that you utilize and other people that are looking into becoming a digital nomad could utilize while you're traveling and working to stay on track, stay organized, level-headed and just like more productive? Yeah, so I would say like, in all aspects, keep it simple, like, and like minimize. Okay. So I'll start from the top, I guess, like literally minimize like the crap you have with you because like that will stress, like you have to think almost like everything. It's almost like each thing that you add, like it becomes a stressor, right? So like if you have an, that extra bag, like, or that extra, I don't know, extra bit of weight that you're, you're traveling with, like, or that you have to be accountable for that you're trying to like, you know, check on a flight, like all that stuff adds up over time. So like, keep it simple travel with less stuff, travel lighter. And like, I think when you're getting set up in your place, right, you know, being realistic about the time it takes. So like, let's say you're going to work remotely. It's your first time. I would recommend taking the first week off from work, literally. Like if you can take the entire week off, like don't feel bad about it because you know, you're getting, you got to think, you know, so let's say you're going to Europe, right? The time change. You're going to a foreign country. You're going to have jet lag. 
you know, you need to figure out where, I mean, simple things like where you're going to eat, what restaurants you're going to like, setting up the Wi-Fi, getting settled into the apartment, like knowing where you are in a city, all that stuff, like you take for granted in the place that you live, but you know, you just got, need to give yourself time and be realistic. You're not going to be able to just sit down in your, you know, your new office or Airbnb office, whatever, whatever you want to call it. And just like get going as fast as you would at home. Just, it's not, it's not practical. So give yourself the time and, and focus on the basics. Keep it simple. One thing that's helped me is like literally like have like less stuff with you. If you're traveling and trying to work and get set up, I'm someone, I, I don't know, everybody's different, but I, I would say I get stressed out easily, like by, by weird things. So like figure out like, what are your stressors, right? For me, having too much stuff, like getting to the airport with all these, like all this luggage, like you're, you're walking around trying to find your Airbnb, like you're sweating, it's hot. Maybe, you know, it's the summer, you're in Europe, whatever, like keeping it simple in that aspect and giving yourself time, right? So I recommend taking a week off. If let's say you're going to work in Italy, you know, maybe it's your first time. I would, if you can take a, take a week off or take some time off, like don't just expect to show up there all jet lagged, you're exhausted. Yeah. Maybe, you know, your sleep schedule is off, you're dehydrated and you think you're just going to sit down at your desk and start working. Right. Just not realistic. Like, and, and I think most people get that, but for some reason they, they feel this pressure to sort of like get up to speed, like as fast as possible. So like even basic things when you're going to a new country, like finding out where you're going to eat, the restaurants you like, where's the food that, that you have, you know, that you like. For me, that's big. Like if I, if I'm not eating correctly, like my whole vibe is thrown off in my focus. So like, you know, figure out what's important to you, like for, from getting comfortable and, and being able to get set up in a healthy environment. So again, like I would say just, you know, take your, take your time, focus on what's, you know, your stressors and how you can minimize those. Be realistic and like expect problems to arise because that's just traveling right so like it's it's really not the problems that become the, the problem Absolutely. right it's, it's that you're surprised that they they arise so you know expect that your flight is going to be delayed expect that your airbnb host is going to be late just if you expect if you build all this stuff into your your calendar or or into your expectations then it's not a big deal at all it's just in your head. Absolutely. I can't agree with you more there. And as a digital nomad, never. things yeah. don't go to plan. And you're so right there. Um, like literally never. So could you like maybe share like a very specific like time when you had to turn to plan B or even C in your travels and kind of how you navigated that? Yeah, I've actually, I've got a good example. Uh, <laughs> so the second time I went to Rome, which was in April, I ended up staying there for three months. So April of this year. So like the... Of course, I get there. Like a lot of places in in Europe, especially I think you know a country like Italy is a good example. Like Wi-Fi is just like typically spotty. Like you'll go there, they'll have like you know a hotspot that's like used for your phone. It's just not a legit Wi-Fi for like doing video calls and like you know us that our whole like our whole world lives online. So everything yeah. we use takes internet. High speed internet is like a must. So I get there and I quickly realized, right, that this just isn't gonna work in terms of the the Wi-Fi setup. So I was like, okay, this was looking back way too ambitious, but I was like, all right, I'm just gonna get Wi-Fi installed. It's funny, I work in tech, but let's specify I work in SaaS, not hard tech, because <laughs> if by the story I'm about to tell you, you're gonna see that I know nothing about hard tech, physical oh, no. stuff. So I thought it'd just be so easy, but obviously, with Wi-Fi, you literally have to physically connect it to the wires that go in the building. You might have to like even, I don't know, cut some stuff out of the wall. Like it's not just like plugging something in. So I went to Vodafone, tried that, had the technician come out, you know, and this was after like three weeks of like, kind of like going back and forth. Like, should I try to do this? Is like, this your Airbnb? Work, or... oh, yeah, okay. yeah. Yeah. So this is my Airbnb. I'm doing video calls. The Wi-Fi is like cutting in and out. I'm just getting so stressed out. I'm doing like a speed test like every five minutes, like a, like a crazy person. Uh -huh. And I'm like, okay, like I'm just going to figure something out. So I went to Vodafone, 
tried that route where they actually set it up. They said no. They like proposed some solution where they were gonna like install it like outside of the telephone wire, which just seemed really sketchy. So I was like, okay, like no. So I ended up getting, and I don't know why they didn't propose this in the beginning. But what I will say too is like, don't assume when you go somewhere that the solution they're proposing is the best one for you. Like mm-hmm. they, I don't know, like try to do some research beforehand and like you know, it's like I'm, I'm not saying people are taking advantage or, or whatever, but it's like they don't know your situation like you. So you kind of have to be like assertive sometimes when you're traveling and like really kind of like ask for what you need or like speak up and, and, and you know, get the solution, get to the, you know, you got to solve problems, right? It's, so it's really about problem solving. But so I got, I got actually a wife, I actually have it right here. Here's my uh, mobile hotspot. Only works in Italy, but oh my this thing was a lifesaver. Like, I'm taking it with me. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it was such a lifesaver because, you know, I talked about this whole like stressor thing, right? After I had this, I didn't even have to worry about, like, when I was booking Airbnbs, I wasn't limited by, do they have Wi-Fi? How fast is your Wi-Fi? I would just show up with this thing and get high-speed internet anywhere. So, like, if you're, you know, wanting to go to smaller towns, like, maybe be more not limited to, like, big, like, typical cities where you know there's going to be Wi-Fi. Like, finding a way to, like, get more control over your environment, like, I would say, like, this is an example of something that was really stressful in the moment, but, like, I'm so glad I figured it out. And... Yeah, I mean, there's been stuff, like, there's always, like, problems with water, I swear, like, you know, the hot water not working, the toilet, this and that. It's just, like, but again, it's, like, I just expect it now, so it's just not a big deal. Yeah, and I think you bring up also, like, such a good point when it comes to Wi-Fi. Like, that is such a, like, your lifeline while you are traveling the world and working. And I think one thing that I also would just like recommend to those people that are listening is if you're especially going through Airbnb, read the freaking reviews, like look for those Airbnbs where I think this is like a filter you can toggle where it's like great for like business travelers and then read the reviews because people will usually say something if the Wi-Fi wasn't good or usually if they're a digital nomad, they'll touch on the Wi-Fi aspect. Um, Same thing with Hostel World I've found. So definitely make sure you're reading the reviews for that like specific reason. If not, like you should just be reading the reviews in general. But I think that like brought up such a good point of like make sure you're sussing out where you are going before and try to set yourself up for the best scenario possible. Yeah. and, And if I could add on to that, like look for places that are that have reviews by people that have stayed long term and worked right so they'll say it like i the best case scenario for me when i'm looking at airbnb is is a review that says i worked here for a month like it was great like you know wi-fi was good so it's like somebody that stayed there for a long period of time so like the wi-fi it wasn't just that it worked well like one or two days like it's it's actually legit they actually worked from there and also too i asked the host for like a specific speed i don't say how fast like is your wi-fi fast i say like in mbps which is like basically the download speed of Wi-Fi, like how fast is it? Because, and usually the number I'm looking for is like anything over 50, 100 or better is like ideal. Cause that's like what, you know, true high speed internet is like, you, you won't worry, but you know, ask specifically. And if they can't give you an answer, like have them figure it out. Like they, they should be able to answer these questions. Like, again, this comes down to like, you have to figure out, like you have to, you know, choose your environment like very wisely. And like, there are, there are non-negotiables and Wi-Fi is one of them. Right. So like, that's, uh, you have to know what to look for and what to ask. I, yeah, I completely, completely agree there. And also I think when you're traveling sometimes with businesses and just communication wise, like there's different different priorities, different like things that are a level of importance that are just kind of a normal thing at home, but maybe they're not where you're going. So kind of being aware that that might be the case and you might have to have kind of a longer conversation with whoever you're trying to work with to get the answer that you need for sure. 
So I kind of want to like switch gears a little bit towards like the communication side because communication I feel like is such a big part of your a digital nomad journey for anyone, whether it comes to work or family, friends. So I mean, going back to like how we met, we initially connected through LinkedIn, um, which I think is so crazy. Like we were both yeah. in a similar role before all this. Before yeah. all of this, which is yeah, so it's kind of a coincidence actually. Yeah, um, and LinkedIn is such a great networking tool, and for sure. I w- I'm so curious, like, if you could just speak to the impact that, like, networking has made for you, not only professionally, but also through your travels. Yeah, I mean, professionally, like, yeah, obviously, big time, like, LinkedIn, I, you know, probably spend way too much time on it. But, like, <laughs> it's amazing, like, what the the possibilities that, that it brings about. And I, I think, yeah, like, I was fortunate enough, I think, to discover, you know, LinkedIn, like early on, just like started like in, in college, just like asking people like if they would hop on calls, like meet coffee and people are always willing to help young people that are like hungry, right? Mm-hmm. Because they were that person at that that point too. Like when people, I mean, I don't have people reaching out to me, but I would love it if like a college person was like, hey, like I'm looking to get into sales or whatever tech, you know, would you hop on a call? I would absolutely do that. Um, so yeah, I mean, networking is, is really, um, you know, it, I can't speak to the level of importance. Um, and I think specifically for like digital nomading, there's like, like I said, like this wasn't a thing, like when we started doing it or there wasn't like a term, but now there's entire communities like by, by country, you know, by city, by, you know, industry. I mean, there's something called Internations, which I had a chance to go to like a, a hosted dinner in Milan, okay. um, which is like, basically it's all expats and they organize events and like, yeah, I went to this like, I've never you know, heard of this, super cool. So yeah. Like it. a, four course dinner with unlimited unlimited drinks for like 50 euros like i you know there are people oh from like central america belgium you know italy spain i mean it's cool because like you know again you're doing the networking but it's also you have that extra layer of like the international aspect so like it's also the cultural like knowledge and in, in in you know the you're getting travel recommendations you know you're you're talking to people that are you know from the countries that you want to go to so like there's just, there's so much out there. It's just, it's crazy, honestly, like in, in the best way, like it's so accessible, you know, these, these communities, like I would say in Europe, there might be not necessarily for professional, but like for cultural stuff, there's way more I've seen than the U S maybe there's language exchanges. That's where I started going to. Cause like for me, excuse me, I was learning Italian still am, but I was like, you know, I want to go speak, practice with people. Right. But, you know, so you get to go to these places and, in, in, you know, these language exchanges in cities and meet locals, but you also meet people from other countries. So it's like, it's just such a melting pot. And just so like, it's like the best feeling ever for me. Like that's that, that's what I, like those events and stuff like, that's really what I live for. I feel like for, for traveling and stuff, just meeting like all these colorful people and like getting to, to talk about, you know, culture, like, you know, whatever, really, uh, business, you know, whatever, whatever you're interested in. Totally. And I have had like such a similar experience. And it's something that a lot of people share their concern when they're starting their digital nomad journey is they feel like they're going to be alone. And they like don't know how they meet people and like kind of get, I don't know, immersed in that digital nomad culture and just get out of their box to meet people, especially if they're introverted. So I'm so glad you touched on that, because there really are so many opportunities to meet people that are doing the exact same thing while you're traveling. And kind of even to the like one topic, like going back to networking that you shared of just like reaching out, like just reaching out to people that are doing the thing that you want to be doing, whether it's professionally or they're maybe a digital nomad and they're, you're like, oh, wait, they're like, I'm 24. Maybe they're like, they said they're 25 and they're traveling the world and doing what I want to be doing. 
and just like reaching out and asking your questions because I feel like both of us have had the experience of like if you just ask usually people are like willing to share their experience and vice versa like I would love like I love when people like ask me about my digital nomad experience um and I can share with them like things that I tried and did and even in professionally similar things so I think I'm so glad you touched on like both ways that like you can meet people but also just the value of reaching out Hi guys, I'm just going to take a quick break from this episode because I want to talk about the thing that makes me excited to wake up in the morning and fills my soul, one-to-one digital nomad coaching. This is my six-week coaching program where I help you step into the life of your dreams by becoming a digital nomad. In this program, I give you the exact tools that I use to create a life of location freedom where I can travel as much and whenever I please. I created this program because I want everyone to be able to live a life of full location independence and be able to see every inch of the world that you want to see. I know what it's like to sit at home feeling miserable where you are daydreaming about traveling the world or just honestly picking up and moving somewhere new and fresh, really just living this bigger life and having that deepest desire. But I had absolutely nowhere to start or how I could even make that possible. So now that I've figured it out, I'm excited to teach you exactly how to do the same so you can feel fully supported on your journey and never alone. So this is helping you have conversations with your employer, people you're close to, providing you with time zone training so you feel confident working from literally anywhere in the world, creating your custom digital nomad itinerary for your first trip, and even helping you book your first trip and finding the best deals as well as so many other trainings and resources, literally anything you would ever need to feel incredibly confident through the whole digital nomad journey. We also would meet bi-weekly and you have daily access to me with voice note support. So you can ask me your one-off questions. I can send you little supportive love notes throughout your week. So you're constantly moving forward and being supported in your journey of building your dream life. My goal with this offer is for you to become a digital nomad or for fully location independent, whatever you envision for yourself really. And whether that be traveling different countries, living abroad, having the flexibility to work wherever you want. And all of that's been achieved by the clients that I've had the amazing opportunity of working with. So if you wanna learn more about the program, hit the link in the comments. It's a non-committal application. All you have to do is submit. And then we'll hop on a discovery call to make sure that this offer is exactly what you need to get you to your goals. So you don't have to spend another second feeling stuck or not experiencing the life that you've been dreaming about for forever. And you can finally start hitting those big moves or big steps like taking your first solo trip, working from the beach, whatever those look like for you. It's all possible with the tools that I teach in one-to-one digital nomad coaching. And I cannot wait to review your applications. Let's get back to the episode. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's literally like, I think that skill or like muscle, if you will, of like kind of initiating things like conversations, like, you know, uh, introducing yourself, like that really gets flexed in when you're traveling because like you don't, I mean, you're by yourself. You don't know anybody. You might not even speak the language. So like you're constantly having to like kind of speak up for yourself, like ask questions, like ask for directions, you know, ask for recommendations. Um, so like, I think that is really like where it kind of develops like this confidence and it's just willingness to like 
just yeah ask for for what you want i mean and you really do have to like again when you're traveling you have to ask for what you need you know advocate for yourself things like that um so yeah it really it really channels like that independent um that skill of being independent and, and i would say like self-advocacy would, would be a good way to describe it as well because you're kind of forced into a situation right you're not in the city that you grew up in where you have friends you can ask your mom's friend for an introduction or if she knows anybody who's hiring blah 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 like it's like all you right and and you'll be surprised how willing people are to uh to help you out like every time i met you know would meet people in italy like especially italians like i would you know get their information and ask them for recommendations you know for you know traveling to their region or whatever and i never had somebody who wasn't super helpful so you know don't don't be afraid right it's it's uh that that will open up you know everything that you want to get out of your experience is is asking for it, you know, initiating those conversations. Yeah, absolutely. And one thing you like just said was don't be afraid. And I think that can be very scary. Like initiating oh, it is scary, conversations yeah. if you're not really used to flexing that muscle is very like nerve wracking. And I think both of us are very lucky because we kind of come from like a sales business development background where we kind of exactly, are reaching yeah. out to people out of the blue and we've been kind of trained to flex that muscle. Um, So I'm curious, like, what tips would you have to people who might be a little bit more reserved when it comes to kind of reaching out? Or like, what advice could you lend when it comes to making that kind of initial conversation? Yeah, I think one thing, like, as far as like, starting with the mindset, right, because I think like, that kind of like frames the conversation and like, will set you up to be able to, to, to do it is like remembering almost like I try to have the mindset that like, I'm not, I'm not a stranger no matter where I am. And like other people aren't strangers, right? Like it's like amazing. Like you can meet somebody from a completely different country, but like you can click with them immediately. Totally. You you might have similar interests, values, et cetera. Right. And the cool thing about like, you know, I keep touching on Europe because like, that's obviously where I've done most of my travels, mm-hmm. but I think it's really applicable anywhere, anywhere that's interesting to travel to. If you think it's interesting to travel to, there's other people that are traveling, doing the same thing there. Absolutely. Like you're not, you know, you're not unique in that sense. And, and that's a good thing. So uh, essentially what I would recommend is like find places that you like going to and like go by yourself and like go often, meet the people that work there. And like, <clears throat> literally, I don't know, like the way I would meet people is like, I would outside the events are great because they're structured, right? Like mm-hmm. people are going there to meet. Like they're not like, it would be super weird if you went there and like people were like weird about meet. Like that doesn't, that's not going to happen, right? Like totally. everybody's there for the same purpose. So you have like the structured events. So that's like one, one side of it. And then you have like the impromptu meet people like people that you meet absolutely so like i think you know what what i would say is you know going to the same places like literally just asking people where they're from like i think that's like probably the most my my line and, and it's not even because i'm like oh this works well it's just because like i'm actually curious like where people are from you know where they're traveling from i mean you'll you'll sit down in a cafe and you hear you know all these different languages you know groups of people groups of you know people of all ages and then i think one thing too i'd say like is going on tours too is a great way to meet people because you're gonna you're definitely gonna meet people that are interested in the same thing as you and tour guides are the biggest treasures of knowledge i swear like they know everything about the city the history they know where to go so tap into those those that knowledge base that you get from tour guides from local people to sum up i would say tours those structured events going to the same places and getting to know the people that work there and you're going to run into the same people Um, and then just be curious ask people you know, questions about who they are. People are, people are friendly, even though they might not, I would say definitely like, it seems like people aren't as friendly. Like people don't smile as much maybe in, in Europe. It's kind of interesting. Like, so they're, it's like they have a harder outer shell, but once you start talking to them, they're very friendly and like easygoing. So again, it's okay to be afraid, but don't let that stop you from taking action. 
So that's kind of the name of the game. Totally. And I, I couldn't agree more. I mean, my first like abroad experience was living in France for study abroad and French people like are notoriously stereotypically like projected as unkind. And that is further from the case that like I experienced. It was more just like, right. yeah, they, they are just maybe a little less approachable than what we're like used to or the ways we carry ourselves like here in the States of like very smiley and a lot more approachable. But I never had someone like turn me away when I was asking for a recommendation. And usually people wanted to hear about you as well and your travels because they found it interesting. So it's kind of like a give and, give and take where you're like learning about them and where they might recommend you go. And they also usually want to learn about you because it's, it's interesting to speak with people about their travels and um, things that are fun and familiar to them. Yeah. I, I mean, on that point, you bring up a good point. People are very interested in digital nomads. Like when you're yeah. as an American, for example, and you're working in Rome, like, remotely living there like people are always like very intrigued by that so i would say like people are going to be like you have something interesting to like to bring up and talk about in conversation that a lot of people aren't doing still like you know obviously it's becoming more popular but in a lot of these countries that you go to like that's like it, it's a foreign concept right so you know there's the conversations are going to be easy i think once you get them going it's just like initiating them and, and you know there, there'll be plenty to talk about between you know your two cultures and and what they're doing, what you're doing. So, you know, don't, don't discount that, that you're, you know, you have, you have something interesting to bring up and, and a perspective to provide to, to others being, being a foreigner living in a country, right? Absolutely. I, I couldn't agree more. Like, it's just such a unique thing still to be a digital nomad. Like, yeah, I feel like because of social media, it seems like pe more people are doing it, but it's, it's very like rare that you meet people that are truly immersed in like digital nomad culture and just traveling and like in your day-to-day -day life. Like I wouldn't say like just here in Nashville that I'm meeting digital nomads, like just on the street, like, or like in a cafe, like it's, it is still quite unique thing to do something that I think a lot of people do find interesting, even if they may not want to pursue it themselves. For sure. Yeah. It's like, Everybody, I don't know, there's a lot of people thinking about it, not as many doing it, which, you know, I think that's everything, right? Like, you know, yep. people, people are intrigued by it. So, but yeah, it's, uh, they're, they're there, you know, the digital nomads they are, they're hiding in their Airbnbs or whatever, or, <laughs> or in a cafe, you know, they can be anywhere. That's what's kind of fun about it. So. I know it's like a chameleon. It's great. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. That's a great way to put it. Yeah. <laughs> so I would love to just, um, before we wrap up, kind of look to how we kind of both started as digital nomads, which is in the de business development space. And so I feel like there's a lot of opportunity because there are a lot, a lot of business development jobs that are remote. So I feel like there's a lot of opportunity in that space to become a digital nomad or to travel while you're working. And so I would just like love to like have you share any like tips or advice that you could give to someone that is in that job or pursuing that job and wants to become a digital nomad. Yeah, that's a great point. I think I really, I mean, I'm biased obviously, but I really think business you know, slash sales development, whatever you want to call it, mm -hmm. is one of the best profiles for being a digital nomad if you're working at a company. Because first of all, like it's an individual contributor role. So you're not managing people you're not really doing teamwork even. Obviously you have a team that you rely on and, and you know, people that obviously like you wanna get feedback from and, and tips and tricks, but ultimately like you have your goals, like you have your activity, but it's yours. Like you're you're being measured on results. Uh, you know, you're, it's, it's really up to you how you get there. So that gives you, you know, time freedom, um, you know, in terms of what hours you work and even how many you work, right? Yeah. I know there's, yeah, people in business development that are just really good at it, you know, has been doing it for a little bit longer and 
you know, never work eight hours in a day, right? Because they know exactly what they need to do and they just get it done. Um, so that's one piece. I think it's a great, great opportunity. Also, you don't need a ton of experience to get into it. Um, as far as getting into it, what I would say, um, I'm not sure how things have changed since I started like two and a half years ago. Um, I think uh, right now, you know, the economy is, it, it might be a little bit more challenging, but again, it's like the, the, the attributes that you'll use in the role are exactly what you need to get the job. So if you want a job at a company and you're interviewing for a BDR role, go and prospect the people that work there. It's, again, it's about asking. Find the, the SDR manager, message them on LinkedIn, say, hey, you know, come up with your little value statement about what you think you bring to the table. Obviously explaining it you know, in the, in the words of that company and like maybe what they're doing. Hey, saw your hiring, um, you know, think I could bring a unique perspective given my background and, and, and focus on your transfer, transferable skills. Like, have you sold anything before? Are you good at writing? Uh, you know, have you, I mean, everybody sold something, right? Whether it's an idea or, you know, I don't know. You can, the cool thing is you can create, like you can, you can, through your communication, you can um, kind of create your argument for why you'd be you know, good at the job. Mm -hmm. But I would start out with that, like focus on your transfer, transferable skills, do the job in your prospecting for the company, like reach out to the people that work there, Set up an informational interview with an SDR, get an idea of their day-to-day, -day, their challenges, why they're why are they hiring? If you show up to an interview with that information, the hiring manager will be, you'll you're automatically in the in the top 0.001% of candidates because people will not do that. So it's like all about creating a separation between you and other candidates, just doing that extra bit of work and really like putting on your your um, I would say your your kind of like business hat, like understanding the challenges that because this is what you're gonna do when you have the job. Um, and as far as like doing it as a digital nomad, right? I think it's not, you know, the, the fundamentals are there. Like you got to find a, a good place to work, the Wi-Fi, all of that stuff. And um, I think really understanding like, you know, what exactly do you need to be successful in the job? Like from an activity perspective, what are your goals? Setting up your routine on a daily basis. I mean, it's a lot of repetition, I think like any job. So you need to have those systems in place, you know, beforehand, right? And I think one way you can do that, I think I heard you talk about this, is like setting up a trial run, like yeah. go work remote in another city in your country and be mm -hmm. like, okay, I'm going to do this for a week. And like, I'm going to just like, see how it goes, see what challenges I have. So I have an idea because if you've done that, it's not really that different doing it in another country. It's just like the mental kind of shock of like being in a place where they speak a different language, blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. But the actual, like you sitting at your desk in another place is the same. So like do a trial run potentially. But understand what makes you successful in your job, set up those systems, and you'll have the confidence to do it. So, yeah, absolutely. And like, I think everything you just shared is just so high ticket. Like, I, I think that it's very easy if you set it up right to be in that kind of career and be able to travel and work. It's like really just setting your benchmarks as you shared. Um, I would love to hear also a little bit like how, like, how do you set it up with your manager or the company? Like, do you have the conversations early on before you get hired? Or would you recommend kind of once you're in the role having those conversations? Like, what does that look like? How do you and your manager keep each other accountable while you're traveling and working? So yeah, I'm so glad you brought that up because this is a huge piece of it. This is almost mm -hmm. like proceeds before because if you work for a company that isn't okay with you being a digital nomad, they're like not really, you know, comfortable with it. Don't, I, don't work for that company, right? Mm -hmm. Like if, if it's really important to you, right? That has to be like, you know, you're on your non-negotiable list. 
of what you're looking for in a company, right? So for me, like I bring it up, like it's one of the first things I bring up. I mean, actually it's funny, this job I have now that I started in June, I interviewed when I was in Rome. So it's kind of like, it's already built in, right? Yeah. Like they, they know yeah, this know. is part of what I do, right? I'm mm -hmm. starting the job in another country, right? So I think being at a company, like bringing this up early and getting validation from the recruiter, the hiring manager, you want to understand like, are there other people doing this at the company? Because if so, that's a really good sign that it's like not just you, right? Um, and it's okay if it's just you, but like, that's a good proof of concept for the idea and seeing how it's responded to internally in the organization. But uh, yeah, I mean, it's really as simple as like, you need to under communicate with that in the interview process and get validation that that's going to be, you know, hey, it's, it's just a fact. I'm going to be somebody that works remotely. And, and furthermore, you want to be at a company that really honors like results and isn't obsessed with like, you know, ha or has this like old fashioned mindset of like, you know, we want you to be like available at all times. And like, you need to be like sitting at your desk doing activity at this time. Like, mm -hmm. I don't- Slack my blonde like, green for yeah. the whole that, work day. That shit's not for me, yeah. Like, yeah. And I would never work for a company that does that. So again, like get, there's some things you, you do, like you wanna be very adamant about and like, kind of like, yeah, draw the line in the sand, be like, okay, like these are the only types of companies I would work for because they allow me to do this. And I think in, in tech, you know, in SaaS sales, like you have plenty of those companies. So don't worry that you're like, you're uh, limiting yourself. There's plenty of good companies that are going to allow you to do this. So you got to have like a, go in with that mindset. But again, it's, it comes out of communication, being clear about, you know, what you want and communicating that. And if you communicate your value, right, then they're going to, they'll, they'll make it work for you. Right. You know, if you're at a company that really wants to hire, you know, high performers, right. They're not going to, and they, they're confident you can get results. They shouldn't be caring about where you're doing it from. Just they shouldn't, you know. Absolutely. I I think that's like such a good point. And also just your point to like writing like, okay, what is going to be like the deal breakers? Like what am I looking for specifically in a company? And like brain dump that, like write, the, write a list. And like I literally did the exact same thing and I had it on like my mirror of like this is what I'm looking for. And then it also makes your search a lot easier because – in a lot of like your kind of preliminary searching for you know a job you can kind of see at least company culture read reviews on um different platforms like glassdoor and really get a feel for if that company is in alignment before you even apply so you're not like spending time just like shooting blanks at companies that wouldn't even be in alignment with like what your lifestyle goals are exactly yeah i mean and also too when you like are clear on what you want, you'll communicate with confidence in the interview process. Mm -hmm. So like, it's just like having that clarity on like what, what people, like people want, you know, employees, like, you know, they, they want their, their people to like know, to have goals, to like know what they want and, and be able to communicate that. So like that, it, it'll just, it'll help you in every aspect, like finding the right job, getting the job, you know, in your job, right? So like those skills of like understanding what you want, you know, having the confidence to ask for it and communicating it are all really important. And, and whether for digital nomading, for working, for really for life. So. Absolutely. And yeah, that's, I think that's like such like a great place to wrap up um, <laughs> because I yeah. feel like you just like yeah. some made, like put a whole thing exactly. into our whole conversation in that one setting. Oh my gosh. It was yeah. Right. Um, so thank you so much for coming on the podcast today and 
sharing your experience. I've learned already so many amazing insights from our conversation that I'm really excited to apply, especially the um, group that you're sharing about that connects you with people from all around the world while you're traveling. So cool. I want to look into it so badly. And I want to turn it over to you. So do you have anything going on that you'd like to share with our listeners and also just share where they can find you if they want to follow along your journey? Yeah. Um, so I state, yeah, I was, I was talking to you, obviously, you know, mm -hmm. I think before we got started about, I'm kind of like setting up my website right now, um, looking to, uh, provide services for copywriting and really like around B2B, you know, strategy messaging, things like that. So that will be carlosdiaz.io. So stay tuned for that. I'm on Twitter. What is my username? Uh, <laughs> Carlos <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> W Diaz 97 post about a bunch of random stuff, you know, future of work, traveling history, huge history buff. So if you're into that on LinkedIn, it's just Carlos Diaz and then Instagram as well. I can't forget that Carlos Diaz travel still posting pictures from my last year of trip. So I'll, I'll need to refresh that content content uh, database soon with some new trips, which is coming. Actually, I'm coming, you know, going to Sardinia in February, which I told oh, you about. No so that's, <laughs> that's what that's the next, uh, the next leg. So we'll have to maybe talk after that. Oh, absolutely. I feel like that's going to be such a cool trip. I'm so excited to hear about it. And I will make sure for everyone listening that I will link every link that he just shared in the show notes so that you can find Carlos and everything he is up to um, and anything you guys want to connect with him on. Thank you so much for coming on. And yeah, I'm excited to see everything that you're up to. And we're going to reconnect later on in the podcast with um, more insights. So thank you so much, Carlos. Absolutely. Thanks, Madison. I'm really excited for this, uh, this podcast. Best of luck with everything. Thank you. <laughs> thank you. Thank you so, so much for taking the time to listen in today. I hope you got so much value from today's podcast. I would personally consider it such a favor if you take one second to review and rate our podcast. And I am so looking forward to seeing you on the next one.